Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Small Roles, a D&D podcast where there are no small roles and a long tunnel into darkness ahead of you. <gasps> I'm David Knight, your Dungeon Master, and I'm joined by these escapees. So say hi, everyone. Hello. Make a break for it. Help us. What's in the boxes? Oh, that is a good question. Um, whilst you all <laughs> row this boat gently into danger, let's cue oh. the theme tune. <laughs> Prepare your party of players and polyhedral dice Your tragic backstory better be worth the sacrifice Seize your sheets and d20 Let's play D&D Your haggard character swaggers with daggers in each hand You've all discussed what you must, but even best laid plans Take a turn when checks are missed Roll initiative Brandish your blaze don't fail your saves. No risk too great, no choice too bold. This is your story. No guts, no glory. Confront your fate with every roll. Every Inside, one who will pay the price. Then chance of success for us upon the dice. No risk too great, no choice too bold. This is no small rolls. So. With the appearance of two Enkidus and alarms sounding throughout the Wingthrop workshop, you all quickly ran for the exit. With Gaius kicking the construct Enkidu off of the elevating platform and giving the naked Enkidu his cloak, you decided to head through applied medtech toward an underground river that the map noted would take you back to the WCI in Drostad. As the platform raised you to the correct floor, you prepared for battle. A wise decision as you were faced with a hall full of golems all directing their attention your way. You charged into applied medtech only to be met with Quanta and scalpel-wielding golems. Juna flew over the fray on her staff to secure the boat, whilst Quanta launched herself at Gaius. Gwendolyn managed to strike down the robotic doctor before aiding Enkidu, whose final Gilgamesh-infused strike cleared the path for you all. 
you dived into the box-laden boat and took off, watching as more crossbow volleys launched out in your direction. And that's where we're at. So yeah, you've just jumped into the boat. I think it was Gaius that said he grabbed the oars and was sort of rowing away. That might not be true. But the the boat is essentially sailing down the river into sailing, a dark gently tunnel. Gently down the street. Sailing, sailing, rowing, rowing, rowing. sailing, moving, sailing floating. inside. Yeah. Boat is moving downstairs. It's going downstream. <laughs> uh, yes, Sam. So, yes. Excellent. <laughs> So going below decks, the stream. Below deck, as we all know, it's a very small rowboat. So the um, the tunnel ahead of you is completely dark. It's almost like if you can picture like a giant Victorian sewer. That's how I like to think of it. It's all brickwork, but like arched at overhead. The river itself uh, is wide enough for for maybe two boats, maybe a little bit wider. And on either side, there is a narrow footpath, just in case you need to get out. But as it sort of the boat is is moving down the river. You can see that the other golems have like reached the edge of the dock and are like loading up their crossbows to fire more volleys, uh, which go wide, completely overhead, as you're sort of like pushing this boat further and further and further into the darkness. I'd like to imagine it's the power of my middle finger that's just allowing these missiles to, to miss us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not breaking eye contact. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> when when you say there's a path down the side, does it look big enough for a golem to walk down it, or yeah, like... yeah, large enough for people to walk down? Yeah, uh, not not necessarily like a you, you could definitely couldn't walk to a breast. Be one person very carefully walking forwards. Uh, like watching where they stepped, the uh, the path ahead of you, the whole the whole tunnel though doesn't have any light down it, so you are following the river. But like as you're getting further and further from the dock, it's getting darker and darker around you. Ooh. Does anyone have any lights with them? Or in maybe? I've, I've, have I still got the Erida head on me? Yes, I don't think you said you did anything. I don't with think it. I said I checked it. No, I wouldn't light it up. <laughs> or press the digitation. Amazing. Weird. <laughs> uh, That's terrifying. Oh, yeah, can I minor illusion some lights around us, oh, yeah. David? Is that, that how that works as well? That might be a more friendly idea. Um, yeah, does minor illusion say that the uh, the illusion glows at all? I know you've previously illusioned candles, so I'm happy I'm, to be honest. That was, that was more for flavour, not yeah. like escaping <laughs> almost certain death. Orin can happily touch five objects on the boat and get them starting to glow, rub them with some phosphorus. Uh, no, minor illusion can't be light. Oh, okay. It can't be a sensory effect. Orin's, Orin's going to make some white light at the front to guide our way, a couple of little like red lights at the back of the boat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a little green one on one side, red one on the other. I would like Amazing. to check out what these boxes are, please. Absolutely. Please make an investigation check. Investigation. <laughs> I would also wow. like to check out these boxes because Vicky's head is in her hands. This early in the game, Juna, Vicky, Vicky Juna taps is out. overboard. Juna drops her and pull out the boat. Where's Juna? Um, natural one. Okay. Well, for a three. Case, what we'll say is there, there's there's a couple of different boxes, but as you sort of go to look in one, you just like knock another one off into the water, so it start, like starts bobbing its way. Oh along. no. Are we, hey, are we checking good. them all off? What we did? We're going faster, I guess. <laughs> I'm very sorry, I can't quite see what I'm doing. It's been a very long day. But Gwendolyn, if you do want to make another check, you're more you, than welcome. You take to. a seat, Juna. Hopefully that was just full of deadly arms that we didn't want. Um, uh, so I'm having a look. Uh, it's not as bad as Juna, but... 
Um, Can't get much doing? worse. We're rolling investigation on a box right in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ten. Oh, no. Ten? All right. Ten okay, to look so... in a box, please. Yeah, yeah, ten to look in a box. Um, as you're sort of going through them, there are a couple of them that you can't quite tell how to open with the way they've been clamped shut. Uh, it almost looks like some kind of like personalized locks and things. That All of the boxes are different. There are some that, uh, that look a lot like the box that contained the, uh, the four forearms in Ferrisine's workshop. I love saying four forearms. Still got oh. with us at this point, I think, because we've never technically gotten rid of that broken arm. Yeah. At the moment, we still got it. Um, but one of the boxes definitely looks like that. Another box that you open, uh, Gwendolyn, actually has loads of uh, like medical uh, uniform in it, sort of masks, aprons, th- that kind of thing. PPE. The kind of thing that you saw the golems wearing back in uh, applied med tech. Anything that I think might um, help cover Enkidu's modesty I mean def- like yeah there's definitely We're almost a like a full <laughs> a full medic <laughs> uniform that can do him uh, but as you're as you're going through the boxes there's uh, another one that's just got loads of medical documents in it um, and then the last one that catches your attention says uh, on the top Cogian awaiting appraisal oh ooh I want to look in the Cogian box I uh Enkidu you might want to wear something from there there's an interesting box here oh let me have a look at this. Does it fit? <laughs> <laughs> the medical garb, yeah. It's, it's pretty Roll airy. Roll to see if it fits. It's, oh my <laughs> gosh, it's mostly like aprons and things. Uh, but they're all like kind of like, yeah, one size fits all. <laughs> um, sort of thing over, uh, looped around your neck and like tied around your waist. It, I mean, yeah, it saves your modesty, but oh my gosh, it's yeah. not going to keep you warm. Oh, is it like an apron? Yeah. Uh, I was imagining scrubs. Yeah. That's what I was imagining yeah. as well. Also, if I can backtrack on the medical thing, did you just say the golems were wearing masks? <laughs> they were, <laughs> yeah. They were yeah, masks. Yeah. What's the I point of that? that. They're a mechanical Keep thing. themselves clean. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how long it takes breathe. to scrub drive blood off of brass. Galpin, like, I think you have <laughs> some uh, misunderstanding of what these golems are. <laughs> also, for anyone listening to this, not in 2021... <laughs> David was creating this in a global pandemic. So masks are always essential. That's I mean, they're, yeah. they're yeah. medical golems, so yeah. It would make sense that they are, you know, keeping themselves... Easy that they're clean. wearing a mask to stop... Yes, uh, the faceless yeah. golems are wearing masks. What's, it's okay. very straightforward. It makes the uh, alive patients feel a bit more at home. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you, yeah. man. Disguises 100%. them a little bit more. They draw smiley faces on them, or frowny faces, depending if you're about to lose uh, an arm. David, question for a point of order. Yeah. Are any of those golems going down that singular path along the river with us? Make a perception check. Good, good shout. Yeah. Just because we're all having a great old time, I realised, oh, actually. Are we being pursued? Are we being pursued? Uh, That's a 15 plus four. So that's a 19, baby. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, they are. Oh, they are. They are making slow progress down, uh, it would be your right side, down the path that side. They're making very slow progress, as you can see, that they can only go single file and they're having to like really like focus where they're walking so they don't fall into the river. But they are, they are pursuing you, yeah. How far are they? Uh, by this point, they're probably about, yeah, 60, 70 feet back. And like the far, like you, you're definitely making distance away from them. You're moving much faster than they are. Okay. Do you have dark vision? Gaius. Yeah, 120 yeah. feet. Uh, oh, oh so of course, Gaius, Enkidu so. does as well. Yeah, so I suppose with Gaius pointing it out, yeah, Enkidu can confirm. 
like yeah the further away that you, that you move you you can definitely tell that you're probably gaining like 20 feet every few seconds on them uh guys those uh 10 men are still still coming and pursuing us uh you can see them just farther along there they're going down a single track i mean like has anybody got anything that could maybe like destroy this cave or like just affect maybe the person at the front so they all start falling over each other uh, i don't know what i've could, I, I could probably hit them from here but it won't do much damage um what's can i make a perception of like the structure of the the tunnel like if it's stone or brick or yeah 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 um yeah make a i suppose especially if you're looking for a way to dislodge anything uh make an investigation check (laughs) (laughs) never mind (laughs) it's a nice tunnel Um, it it is made of bricks it's almost like um yeah like i say like victorian sewer style design it's like brickwork right the way around in an arch uh, with the river running down the center of it do we want to try taking something out i can try taking something out um, yeah i can i can hit them from here but um it might be better to have a more targeted strike maybe dislodge a brick or shoot at their feet or something i mean it well, doesn't look like they're they're advancing on us like it looks like we're potentially gonna outrun them if nothing affects our uh our voyage you know if there's like a, a gate down around the bend then then we're screwed but i think we're okay for now <laughs> well, should we just keep going as fast as we can and then if we get held up then we do it i was just thinking i could probably try and take out some of the brickwork if we wanted yeah go for it yeah if you have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely go on then okay um yeah or he's gonna grab a, a vial off his sort of bandolier light a little fuse on it and uh Chuck it over towards the uh, towards the the path that the the golems are walking down. Cool. Uh, and chatter it if you can. <gasps> cool. Oh, yeah. Make a what for chatter? Does it make a saving throw? Yeah. Um. The footpath makes a saving throw. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's also if it's uh it's an inorganic material, so it has disadvantage on the saving throw. The footpath. <laughs> Nice. As he throws that, can I just shout, say hello to my little friend's little friend? (laughs) (laughs) Not if I can help it. (laughs) Um, So, because it's a footpath, I'm giving it minus five. Uh, So it rolled a three altogether. Uh, That fails. The footpath fails. I don't know why I rolled for that. (laughs) Throwing it at a footpath. Um, It takes 18 points of uh, uh, I don't even know. Uh, I think it's thunder, like thunder damage. Thunder thunder damage yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah, you see like a one little section of the footpath just like explode out. Um, some Sorry, of the fourteen points, not eighteen. I break my. By the way, you see it explode out so that it definitely makes a a gap in the footpath uh, in front of the golems. Uh, not directly in front of them, but like in their in their oncoming path. Uh, and even the water sort of like rushes up to fill that space a little bit. It's not that large of a of a break in it. It's probably about sort of three or four feet, but it's definitely something else that's going to slow them down. Okay. Can I shoot two shots of Eldritch Blast into the breach to see if I can? Oh yeah. Stick out a little bit further. Please do. Once more into the breach, Steve. Oh gosh, natural <laughs> one and a well five plus yeah eleven. <laughs> well, the eleven hits because again, it's just a footpath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The dreaded footpath. Our <laughs> <laughs> greatest foe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, the one goes uh, goes wide completely. But yeah, Can Rolson... I also have a stab at it. 
Feel free. <laughs> We're just gonna kill the footpath. Everybody else keep making this whole bigger. Yeah, 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 go for it, Gina. Half a flavour. I just want to turn round out the back of the boat and say, where we lead, you can't follow. And word of radiance, the footpath. <laughs> <laughs> You shall not pass. Is that a save again? You shall not pass. Is yeah, a constitution saving. (laughs) What's his constitution modifier? Uh, It'd be another minus five because it's just bricks. Uh, (laughs) Four altogether. Yeah, that that unfortunately um, fails. Well tried, Juno and QD. Roll your damage on it. We'll see how how big we can make this gap. I bet this path is bricking it every time we attack. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, that is, oh gosh, 13. Uh, seven. Seven points of damage, lovely. Cool, so yeah, um, yeah. again, like because you're both firing into that same gap, uh, you can see it like crack even more, so it probably like extends to about sort of seven, eight feet worth of a work of broken or unstable footpath. At the very least, even if they do manage to jump a little bit, anything that they land on looks like it's going to crumble for at least the first golem. 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 <laughs> Golem. I like Golem, frankly. Golem. Golem. I also like Andy Circus. <laughs> <laughs> the first Andy Circus will fall in. Whilst all this has been going on, Gwendolyn, you've gotten down to the Coggian box. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, she's one, she's worried there's going to be something that can attack us from the boat. So she wants to like be getting in everything. Mm-hmm. And this Coggian thing's interesting. Yeah. Um, do you want to make a check before opening it, or are you just going to dive in? Uh, she's going to check because she's cautious at cool, this moment. Sure. She's still not even a hundred percent if this Enkidu is the right Enkidu, uh, but she's wanted him to be less naked. Sure. Make a <laughs> make a, an investigation check then for any like oh, traps or anything on it. Okay. Oh, that makes me think that is one. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. No, you do you do a fairly thorough check. It doesn't look like it's actually like locked shut and none of the clamps around the lid look like they're they're attached to anything as far as you can see okay then i will open it yeah and you unclip the lids and you open the box and you find a suit of uh dark leather clothing almost like from the heft of it it's almost um well it's armor you can imagine. Oh. And the whole set has got boots and gloves. <gasps> and it's inlaid across the way it's been folded up. You can see like sort of the torso region. It's got inlaid silver filigree woven into intricate zigzagging patterns. Yeah, right the way down the torso. Looks pretty good. Oh. This is nice. Oh, well done. You showed that path. <laughs> um, and Kido, why are you hitting the water? <laughs> um, excuse me. I just come back to life. Can you give me a break? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about that, don't we? Yeah. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack. Um, talking of unpacking, I've found some more things in a box some of these boxes i couldn't open uh they're a bit more complicated but maybe orin you might want oh. to look at those but yeah this one uh i think i found something better for you in kidu it looks like some sort of armor I th- might be better than what you're in at the moment okay um i'll have a look <laughs> this is <laughs> i just invented uh, a check <laughs> can i do a codex <laughs> check <laughs> the new um... inside check 
<laughs> you can, you can, yeah, give it, give it a go. To suspect where it comes from. <laughs> oh, what, what am I running? Oh for yeah, this? yeah, yeah. What is it? What is it? Your yeah. What's I'm suspecting that it is. Oh gosh, because oh, this is revealing a lot now. I'm suspecting it's from Erida. Okay, like a little present. <gasps> Do I sh- show the top of the box that says it's something to do with Coggy? Yeah, it says it, on the top of the box does say Coggy in awaiting appraisal. A present from Erida, excuse me? What? <laughs> um, Daryl said that. You, uh, yeah, you, you didn't hear that. Say that. No, no, I'm saying that as Vicky. <laughs> uh, no. I'm sorry, that information is... Um, yeah, yeah, feel free to, feel free to make a, a codex check. Uh, I don't know what I'm rolling for that, I just flat roll or... A codex. Um... Make it a charisma <laughs> check. <Okay>. Nice try. <laughs> Come up with something better. Yeah. Oh gosh, never mind. Um, that's a ten. A ten. Okay. Can everyone apart from Daryl take your headphones off? Quickly? Oh, oh, oh my gosh. god! Oh, no! Oh, fine. Um, so as you're you're looking at the, this box, and you yeah, you try to make a connection back to whatever, just to confirm something, and you hear Erida's voice in your head saying, "Well, that's a good coincidence." And that's it. Headphones back on, everybody. Wow, it was a fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, the secret of love was inside him all along. It was. <laughs> it, it looks like maybe um maybe it was something Coggian was working on. Oh, is it magical? I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I should have a look. Most importantly, I, and I'll hold it up to myself, see if the proportions are right, and see if it could fit me. Yeah, it looks maybe a little bit bigger around the shoulders and waist, mm-hmm. uh, but majority, you reckon you could squeeze into it. Probably better fit for me. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> it's, no, it's definitely meant for a, a taller person than Orin. <laughs> uh, but you can, yeah, you reckon like if you like, yeah, if you got into it, maybe like... Just hem it in a bit. <laughs> hem it in a bit, you'd yeah. probably fit, yeah. I can sort that out for you and Kidu if you need a little bit of a sewing. Yeah, that's greatly appreciated, Miss Upthorn. Maybe not right now. No, of course not. We need to escape the tunnels first. I'll put the clothes on. Yeah. It actually takes you a little while to sort of like, yeah, pull them on as you're sort of... Well, I said don't rock the boat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you want to be really careful. Uh, so yeah, it probably takes about a good half an hour of like squeezing into it and like making sure and you can feel it like almost like suctioning to you a little bit. It is a bit of an odd feeling, but I will send you some information Ooh. for it. Ooh. Someone's it got does, a new toy. Someone's got a new toy. Um, it does require attunement. Ooh. That's actually pretty uh, easy now. <laughs> yep. Saucy Manx. But uh, you can thank the Patreons for inventing this. Ooh. The patrons. Thanks, patrons. Thanks, patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thanks for throwing a shambling mound at us a few episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Was that them? Yep. Yep. Was it? Oh guys! Oh, wow! Oh. I, I felt that was just for Orin. <laughs> the special note: no matter what element Orin throws at it, it will be immune and it will heal it. <laughs> fire! Oh, oh yeah, gosh. no fire makes it grow. Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> so, are we allowed to know what oh Inkidu's just put on, or is gosh. that what you guys were talking about whilst we had our headphones on? It's a, it's a pretty fun thing, um, and yeah, like Enkidu is your. And I'll say over the time it takes you to put it on, that's probably enough time to attune to it as such. So yeah, you like you realize that like there is some magic built into it. Mm. So if you yeah, if you wanted to share with everybody what it is that it does, I'll let you. I don't know how to say it isn't key because Daryl's just got this information. But um yeah. it is called the Armor of Shadows. Mm. Yeah, dark armor, get plus one to my AC. 
and I can use my action to cast Pass Without a Trace without <gasps> any materials. <gasps> but it's a bit of a world magic thing. Uh, for every attempted casting after the first, so the first one's free without risk, the result decides on, <laughs> like everything Akuda does, have to roll a dice to decide and find out what happens. <laughs> Either Thick Smoke belches out for a one and two, three and four, the spell is inverted putting a big exclamation mark on my head. Uh, <laughs> you become a quest giver. <laughs> if I roll a five or six under D6, I cast the spell as normal. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's such oh, a scary sick. thing. Well, the odds yeah. are not good. They're not no. good. The odds no. are not good. I mean, like, be- I'd only want to cast it once anyway. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you get the first one for free. It's just if you need to do it again. But the... um. <laughs> Yeah, again, thank the patrons. They thank you, patrons. They voted equally for two different malfunctions. Nah, so, that is cruel, <laughs> but yeah. cool. What, so you can do it once per day or no, or just once forever? It just says for every attempted casting after the first. You get one freebie. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it means once per day. Oh, once per day. Oh, it's one per day. I say day. I think okay. I, I wrote it. It's once per day, don't worry. <laughs> so I assume I still use my own spell slots or is it like a charge? Oh, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like a charge. So you get like through the armor, you can cast it once. Uh, but then, yeah, if you want to try doing it again, that's when the armor gets a little bit chippy. Amazing. Well, Enkidu is trying on his new armor. Can I go and have a look at the boxes that Gwen pointed out to me that she hadn't opened up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, again, sort of she points out the few and uh, the ones she has opened, there's like documents in one, medical clothes in another. And then there's one that definitely looks like it's the same kind of prosthetics box. What? They're all open? The prosthetics box isn't open, but oh, uh, I see. the others are. Oh, okay. I get you. All right, okay. Oh, that one's probably got more arms. Did we want to open more arms? Last time it didn't go too well. Do we want them on the boat with us? You can probably just throw those things away. They're not of use to us. Yeah, and we can chuck them. It'll make us go faster, hopefully. Yeah. Do we want a quick peek in before I chuck them away, just to make sure? Or just chuck them over? Considering that we just escaped over 500,000 automated machines with our lives and we have a box of more of the things with us i'm i'm not so sure i want to take that risk okay uh, all right what do you want right. to do uh, no yeah no you're probably right we should chuck them away yeah we should definitely chuck them away Orin. yeah if you want to keep one we can put it in here she says chuck it in the tea caddy <laughs> i would feel unsure about that myself personally <laughs> okay um Orin, there are many more toys in this world. <laughs> Orin will reluctantly pick up the box and then chuck it over the side. <laughs> um, well, we're chucking things in the water. Should I... Has Orin got the other hand, the broken hand? I think so. Yeah, cool. He's going to pull out the broken hand and be like, I don't know what we should do with this as well, by the way. Uh, the broken hand. I don't know whether we should keep it and maybe it might be useful for... Um, Heron, or whether it's a liability. I mean, it's broken, so I don't think it's going to come to life, but as long as it's not... Pop it in here! Put it in the caddy. Yeah? Yeah, I think maybe it might be useful for, like, proof or something. That's... Maybe Heron will, like, like that. That's what I'm Is thinking. there any way they could track us with that? Because it's... I suppose if it's broken, it's not connected to that... Uh... It, it doesn't If matter. it's in here, it's in another dimension, isn't it? It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Can they Is track that right us through you? Do? Are you being no, they trapped? can. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. They they will just know where we are. Why? Like they, Why? Erida's knowledge and 
grasp and reach over this land is vast. So, in what way? Hard to quantify. So she has quantify. Like, oh god! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she just knows and she sees. So, what's one hand compared to what she's been planning for all these centuries? Okay. And what is she planning? Let's get out of this tunnel first. All right. Pop it in here, Orin. I'll go over and pop the hand in. I'm going to get rid of this box as well, I think. And Orin's going to chuck the box that they've been carrying around that has it's the hand so in. It's been so clunky every time you've been moving around with that <laughs> thanks, as well. Thanks for carrying it, Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you're sat in the boat for quite a while. The tunnel doesn't wind. It's a very straight... It feels almost like a canal in the way that it's been constructed. It's just a very straight line. No oxbow lakes, then. Yeah. Mm, no, no, no. Uh, bringing out the old geography there. Oh, Jesus. A-level, baby. Oh, yeah. A-level. That's why I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll include a picture on the Patreon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're probably there for, again, a good another hour. What are you all chatting about? Where does this lead? Goes back to the the forest? To the WCI. Oh, yeah. we're not going there. No um, way. They'll kill you. Well, well, that's where we're heading, right? We have to get out there somewhere, man. And I suppose, you know, we don't have to stop by and go, hey, how you doing? We just have to, like, keep on going. And hopefully we can get out of Dodge, find somewhere, you know, safe for us to be able to... Uh, Oren, you've still got that book? We could contact Heron? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've got... Plenty of pages. I have a <clears throat> concern with uh, with that. We might um, need to start hearing things from you sooner than yeah. when we get out of this tunnel, Enkidu. Yes. Yeah. Do you <sighs> want to tell us? I really want to see Myra and Verazine. Can we contact them? Yeah. Yeah. I can try and send them a message. I mean, if we're heading... I, I don't know if it's safe, but if we're heading back... Because I, I think this... DM. This goes. Mm. This was called the Forest Gate, wasn't it? River Gates. Oh no, River, River Gate. Gate. It wasn't called the Forest Gate. Mm. So, mm. It, and it just said it goes to the WCI. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the little guidebook shows you. Okay. Again, I love the fact that they just gave little guidebooks out to everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Either Orin through his book, or I've I've still got one one message left. If you want to contact them, Enkidu, but. I think Gwen's right. I think there might be things we need to know before we get to the WCI. Yeah. Well, ask your questions. Why don't you, um, why don't you start from the beginning? We were in the tunnel, tunnels. We saw you go down. Yeah. Aggie, come over here. And Juna starts like, Brewing a twain tide for him whilst he's telling him. Aggie waddles over and starts warming herself up with her little burner on the bottom. And then we saw you afterwards. We saw you, buddy. You saw me? Yeah. Yeah. Your body? Yeah. My body? It was definitely you. It had your clothes, your things. Your tattoo? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Well, from what I was told, I was rescued from death. A close call. But Erida had somehow stored my essence 
and put me into whatever this casing is. Rescue from death, what? Well, the contraption that we're in was definitely uh, killed me, I think. I'm not sure. I mean, death is not a feeling. It's, it's not a sensation. Or else it wouldn't be death, right? I felt the moment before, I felt my essence being sucked away, absorbed. I don't know how to describe this. And then nothing. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm awake in a basement, some kind of facility, and there are things hanging off me. Things hanging off you? What kind of things? I don't know. Some kind of long tubular thing on my back. Oh. An Erida. Erida is there. In the, in the form that we've seen her? I don't know. What have you seen her as? Oh, wait. No, not like the guide before. No. I assume what Erida looked like before she... Before she transcended her mortal flesh. What, you saw her in the flesh? What? Well, it's hard to describe. When we saw her in the Codex, she looked older than the thing we saw walking around complex. Kind of jowly, grey hair. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's Erida. That's actually her. She's still alive. That's a very, very loose term these days. Yeah, that's her. You actually spoke to Erida? Uh, in a way, yeah. Well, we spoke to you as well. Oh. Yeah, in the Codex. No, that wasn't me. What did she say when you when you saw her? Well, she said a lot of things. She said she rescued me from death. She has plans. Big plans. Plans going back longer than 500 years. <sighs> Turns out I really do have King's blood inside me somehow. But whether it's mine or Gilgamesh's, she wasn't sure. Which now confuses me. She needs... Or the wink... She said we. She no longer thinks herself as I. If you direct a question to her, to her past life, she answers as I. I, Erida. But now she's so much more. She said we, there... Damn it. And he's breathing quite heavily because, you know, <laughs> death and all. Someone of King's blood is needed on the throne. And the army that we saw in the facility is there if needed for when the king takes back the throne. Or whoever takes back the throne. And that all of the things that she has been planning has been for the good of Trevain. Do you believe it's for the good of Dravain? Well, when I question that, you can imagine what she said. That is uh, restricted for other family members? That's the one. Here's the really sticking thing. When I told her, I tried to challenge her and said that even if you have all these plans for me and if what I want and what you want are the same thing, that things aren't going to go the way that you want them to. She didn't feel threatened at all. She said, feel free to stand against us, if you will. That I have autonomy over my 
moves just so long as I can. As you go to carry on speaking, Enkidu, you find that all of the words stop in your mouth. Are you okay, Enkidu? So she, so she just said to you that that you you can make your own choice, but she has this this aim that she thinks coincides with your aim. Is that right? <coughs> Enkidu's been dry coughing the whole time. Like, uh, I, uh, there's some things uh, you can't say. Looks looks that way. Secrets I can't break, even if I choose to. <sighs> Juna's going to come and put like an arm on his shoulder just whilst he's sitting there. And you, what, so you've got, you've got king's blood in you, what, like? That's the thing, I can't, she can't distinguish whether it's mine or Gilgamesh. And all your friends, are they still in there? Yeah, they're still here. That has nothing to do with Erida, that's something entirely that's, I think I've come to a conclusion that I'm the one who put them there. What? What do you mean? There's a riddle, mystery to my to my heritage, my constitution, that I've never had a hint of, ever, until now. But Erida gave me a little parting gift, a hint. Um, somebody who specialises in people who could be similar to me and and it's somebody we're potentially going to see anyway who jeremy hastan demonologist apparently demonologist yeah uh, sorry J- jeremy hastan jeremy jeremy uh, sorry have we heard that name uh, uh yeah hard g Geremir. oh Geremir. Geremir hastan is one of the names on the the map that Heron gave you. Yeah. Oh, oh, damn, son. Damn, son. Wait, you got demon blood in you? I don't know. Um, Enkidu? Yes? Um, would you mind if I tried to read your thoughts to try and work this out with you? I will give you my consent, but I will also give you a warning. Yeah. Because whilst I know that my friends... And Alcibiades is inside. I can't account for anyone else. Other, do you understand? Other voices from the Codex inside. No, I don't think it works like that. Okay. I, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy to try. I feel like it might help try and decipher what's going on here. At your own risk, Miss Septon, but yeah, please be careful. I will be very careful. And with that. I will cast Detect Thoughts. I choose not to save. Nice. Um, That's a worse saving throw than the uh, the wall. I guess my question is, do all of the other voices in his head, can I do that? And if so, do they count as individual people or is it just Enkidu or like, yeah. Mm. So when you, like, as you sort of like, yeah, cast the spell and take it up, the surface thoughts are just Enkidu's thoughts. I feel like every time you've you've cast it, or somebody has cast it on Enkidu, like, his surface level has definitely just been his own. As you push deeper, it is like pushing... As you've, yeah, like, listened to other people's thoughts, sometimes it's more like slipping into, like, trying to find out what it is. Krauss was really confused and things like that. Did you know some Krauss thoughts? 
You did. I, th- I think I've only ever done it at surface level. I don't know if I've ever pushed beyond that. Mm. The deepest you've gone was um, with the mirrors, maybe. With the mirror guy. That's sure. the one yeah. that's who I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so as you sort of push deeper, it's it's not that sort of like unhinged feeling. It's like almost stepping into like a conversation. You can hear a few other voices. Uh, and some of them you can almost like pick out the way that the Enkidu's like spoken about them. And I've I've heard um oh what's her name? I've heard her voice in the memory. Hina. Hina. Hina, yeah, you've heard Hina. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you like you pick her voice out of like this conversation that's happening in the back of his head. But then as you're sort of pushing down trying to figure out what it is that Enkidu's seen and just been through, you start to hear that conversation very clearly. Is it right if I can share some audio with you all? <gasps> yes. Ooh. Yeah. So, Enkidu, you're stood at the end of the advancement test. The arcane electrical energy has just come spiraling down the corridor. You've attempted to, to escape with a thunder step uh, that's been instantly dispelled. And as you sort of feel the, uh, this, well, this, this, this arcane energy like completely consume your body, the glass in front of you goes dark. And you can feel, it's not like a burning sensation. It's more like being pulled and sucked dry is the is the only way to describe it and at the same time a very similar feeling to that time that Alcibiades managed to take over your body that feeling of being like pulled backwards and everything goes bluish white it's not you can feel that you're not in your body anymore but you're still thinking you're still aware and slowly the uh, the sort of the blinding bluishness starts the shapes moving in and you realise you're stood at the base of almost like an amphitheatre and you can't quite see all of the people that are filling this stadium in front of you but there's one woman much closer Erida older jowled, studying you with an uncaring expression. Ah. And there are voices right the way around, coming from all over the place. His mind is tangled. A true Mazoku. Demon clan. Too many voices. Hard to decipher. But in King's blood. Savelt was right. Keep that in his build. Use a sovereign model and send him on to the king. Make that his prime directive. Ensure the return. Good. Soon. And you open your eyes. And you're not there anymore. You're in a very small room, actually. And Erida, as you've seen her, around the workshop, in her more robotic form, is stood in front of you. She asks you if you could blink. You do so. Lift your arms. It happens. Take a walk around the room, and you do. 
you realize your your back is a very thick wire trailing off of it. Do I feel it? Yeah, it's, it is quite heavy. So as you are sort of pacing around the room, almost not in complete control of your body, sort of the weight of this is like sort of swinging and it's not throwing you off balance, but it's you are very aware of it. You also realize that you're completely naked. Of course. Of course. And in the center of your chest is an open compartment with a, a cerulean triangle in the center of it. Erida is watching you very carefully as you sort of complete your circuit around the room uh, and you're stood facing her. She says, So, your new prime directive is to return to Mervai and deliver yourself to the throne. Is that understood? What have you done? What is this? What? What? What is this? What have you done to me? We have rescued you, Enkidu. Rescued me? From death. But aren't you the ones who killed me in the first place? Well, we didn't vote for you. <sighs> I... Um, I touch myself. Can I feel myself? Um, can I feel, like, touch, like, yeah. physical sensation? Yeah. Um, obviously, you're looking at this this triangle in your chest, and you've got this wire on your back, and you right. you just know that you are not in the body that you were in. Right. But all of this feel and the sensation is definitely there. And your skin feels like skin. It doesn't feel like any of the prosthetics that you've sort of handled before. It doesn't feel metallic or anything. It feels real. Hmm. She says, see, we have a, a larger plan for you, Enkidu. You have king's blood in you. And so, worthy of king's blood, we have given you a sovereign model body. Wait, what? Am I the only one? The only one of... To receive this kind of body? Are there others? I'm sorry, that information is restricted to higher-ranking family members. <laughs> of course it is. Do I still have blood? In this body, you do. That should aid with any deception that is needed. Deception? And you look over to a corner, and stepping forward is another Enkidu. Fucking hell! He's not naked, at least. He's wearing a short sort of a bodysuit that sort of cuts off at the top of the thigh into a vest. Yes. You see, you must leave immediately and take your companions with you. We'll be sending him first to distract them and you'll follow with the truth wait why do you need him if you want me to leave with my friends anyway to make it believable you see he cannot bleed and so to prove that you are 
you, you can bleed for them. What? To prove that you are not built. There's a wry smile that runs across her face. There's so much I don't understand. Why? Why all this secrecy? Why is all this? How long have you been down here preparing for whatever you're planning? Over 500 years. Though the plan has been in place much longer. Yeah. Okay. And if you know about my history, what about the rest of my friends inside? That is a curious one. That's not something I have any knowledge of. They're all in there with you. Very hard to unpick any one of them from your mind. But in truth, you'll need a demonologist to figure out what you are. Wonderful. She turns, nods her head to the other Enkidu, who walks out of the room. She turns back to you. Now, of course, you cannot willingly confirm what you are to anybody. That's built in. And whatever path you need to take to reach the throne, to reach Mervi, you are welcome to. But that's where you're headed. Mervi. And you can feel that in your gut. Like, that's not even a choice. You know, yep, you need to go there, to the royal palace, to the throne. And do what? And deliver yourself. To who? What is... To the throne. That's all you need now. And how will they know that I'm the right one? The thing about having quite a powerful divination wizard in our ranks is that we are expecting quite a few certainties. And you are one of them. What do you get out of this? Sort of pauses looks at you. I'm sorry, that information is restricted to higher-ranking family members. When did you change? You gave your flesh and blood, and now you're whatever we are now. As I was nearing the end of my life, it became very clear that I could not continue as I was, but work still needed to be done. And so, I developed the Codex and passed my mind into its libraries. And over time, other family members, other beings of intelligence or skill have also been codified. And don't worry about your body, Enkidu. We have you backed up, so to speak. I feel like so many choices have been taken away from me. Whatever it is you've got planned for my future, don't expect it to go exactly the way you want it to. I'm my own man. Yes. That is to be expected. That is to be celebrated. You have autonomy over yourself, beyond your prime directive. 
beyond sharing what you are truthfully, willingly with anybody. Beyond that, feel free to share anything of this conversation. Feel free to work against us if that is what you need. I don't understand. All you need to know is that we are doing this for Dravain. You're not undermining Dravain. No nefarious plan to upset the world balance, crazy power grabs, domination. This is for the benefit of Dravain, its people. Everything that has been planned has been for the benefit of Dravain. Would Kral have said that if he was still here? Perhaps not toward the end of his life. He'd lose it a bit. But yes, that's why he joined our ranks. How much do you know of our, my friends, our quest? Since you've joined us, everything. And you're not in our way? No. Why should we be? Right. I... Somebody needs to sit on the throne in Enkidu. That person needs to have King's blood. I just happen to be me. You, one of the others who is a part of you, it's hard to be precise in that matter. If you wish to know more of yourself, as a olive branch, so to speak, seek out Garamir Hastan. Right. I believe he was on your map anyway. He was. He had a macabre interest in the abyss. Hmm. Not sure what's happened to him, but he will have more answers for you, should you want them. So there are limits to your expanded knowledge accumulated over the past 500 years? Well, yes. Whilst we have become experts in everything mechanical, our knowledge is not boundless. Our? So, no longer singular, but collective. Indeed. Now, you need to go. Convince your friends to leave. I'm going to cause a panic. She turns around, picks up uh, an Erida head Uh that looks bashed and broken. She hands it to you. She removes the wire from your back. The triangle in your chest closes shut as if it was never there. She says... Though, of course, we didn't start the panic. You did. Which way's out? Can I see an exit? Yeah. Um, As you have a very quick look around, um, you realize that you're stood beyond this room. It's a glass-walled open space. Beyond uh, the glass walls, you see another room filled with five tanks 
humanoid-sized tanks with, filled with bluish liquid. Mm. Uh, and in each of those, in four of those at least, there are metallic skeletons suspended. There is one empty one that is open that you can only assume you've stepped out of. Through a different uh, sort of wall, you can see a, a large office and there are shelves of old prototypes along, the, uh, a, 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 along each wall. Uh, in the center of the, the, the room is a large design desk. But one thing that does catch your eye is a very large portrait. And you know him, having spent time in the royal palace, that this is Rumath Tarable. Oh, human, sepia skin, blonde goatee beard, bald head. He's a stern, proud expression. He's got a quill in hand, signing a scroll. And you almost lock eyes with this portrait for a moment. And then the last thing you notice in that room is a small plinth with a handprint on it. But looking through all the glass walls, you do then also notice sort of the exit door, and that's the way that the other Enkidu left. Is Elda still there, or have I left her behind? Uh, no, she's still sort of stood there, waiting for you to leave. Do I follow him? Yes. Find your friends and convince them to go, or unfortunately, they will be terminated. What's the plan for him? And I nod my head towards the portrait of Rumor. Everything in the plan is for Dravain. Right. We'll see. And I leave, follow the other including. Wait, what about my clothes? <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I just walk out naked. Hey, everyone, I'm alive. Naked with an, an, an Erida head in your hand. Oh yeah. my gosh. And that's where we'll leave it. Whoa. Grace here, keeping you updated with all things No Small Rolls related. Hello, No Small Rollers. Next episode, episode 43, will wrap up this Wingthrop story arc. But that doesn't mean you won't have questions. So look out for details of our next instalment of No Small Questions. And send us your queries via social media at No Small Roles on Twitter and Instagram. Search No Small Roles on Facebook and you'll find the link to our lovely Discord chat in the show notes. Patreon members will have the chance to join us live in the Zoom to ask their questions. So let's take this opportunity to celebrate our newest patron, Kim Ford. Big love and big rolls to you. You join a group of fantastic supporters and tea enthusiasts alike. Would you like to show your love for our podcast, dear listeners? There are several ways you can do so. You can check out our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash no small roles, and see if you'd like to join any of our tiers of membership. 
You can leave us a lovely review on iTunes or Podchaser. A great way to help new crumpets take a bite out of no small rolls. And of course, you can do it the old-fashioned way. Recommend us to your podcast-loving pals. All of these things bring us a lot of joy. Now, as I said at the start of this update, this current story arc will come to a close next episode. And before we continue with the main storyline, we'll be taking an exciting little detour via Candlekeep. The wonderful Daryl Bailey will be in the DM chair and will be releasing this adventure throughout October, returning to Dravain in November. That's all from me for now. Let's see how our party fare after finding out about Enkidu's mission from Eridel. Now I'm assuming, Juna, as you've listened to this whole conversation, this scene and witnessed this memory inside of Enkidu, that you've shared it with the others? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, what, what, what Juna is going to do is say, look, the Aggie's boiled. Uh, <laughs> and sort of give everyone a cup of tea to sort of say, look, Enkidu, I'm going to share this story. But as she's pouring Enkidu's twain tide... She's going to slip a little bit of frosting in. Interesting. Okay. I knew Juno would drug her friends. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing bad. Nothing bad. Just to sort of, yeah. It's really naughty, but it's what Juno would do. She wouldn't do anything that would hurt him, but I think he needs to lose some inhibitions. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Make a sleight of hand check. Yeah. And and Enkidu, what's your passive perception? (laughs) It's not very high. It's 11. Okay, cool. Nine. Nine, in which case, Enkidu, you do notice Juna take a little bit of white powder out of her little pocket and just sprinkle it into the cup that she then passes over to you. I'm assuming Juna doesn't realise that Enkidu notices. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's horrible. With a nine, I think. uh, Yeah, I mean, I imagine most (laughs) of us have noticed. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone's passives are higher than that. (laughs) And and, and Juna does sort of, she regales it in quite a kind way to Enkidu and just sort of keeps checking in with him to be like, Mm. yeah, okay, Enkidu, while she's telling it. Um, Yes, and and I take the cup. Um, DM, does this count as poison? Uh, Yes, technically it's a magical poison. If it counts as poison... Um, I will drink it anyway. I'll just slowly slip it. I'm not going to make you make a check for it. Well, oh, you're not? Nope. But I can save against the effects. Oh, uh, yeah, you drink it and you realise you don't even need to try saving against the effects. <gasps> Robot Enkidu is immune to it. Not for this, at least. <sighs> and the, the whole time I'm sipping the tea, I'm just like peering over the top at Juna. Oh my god, and Juno doesn't know that he knows, so she thinks that whatever he says is going to be truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know that it has no effect, I assume. Like, we don't know, but Juno yeah. is 100% sure that whatever comes out of his mouth is going to be the truth. Yeah. Oh, that is a power play, my friend. Oh well played. God. You don't know, they know, we know, they know. <laughs> oh my god. But you now know everything that he knows. Do you? Yeah, you do. Mm. Yeah, up to the point when she stopped listening to his thoughts. She was listening to his thoughts for that whole thing, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is. Yeah. But she the, yeah, yeah, like for Juna, it was very fast to like experience that memory, obviously. Mm-hmm. For the listeners, probably took about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Juna, did you say you were sharing it with us? Over the Twain Tide. Over the most tensely charged Twain Tide of the campaign so far. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. 
Um, DM, what happens when I because I it all it's all normal. Okay, fine. <laughs> it all okay. acts normally. Okay, you thanks. just don't need to. Yeah, Guys, cool. you gotta start. This is too scary. <laughs> I think sensing the tension, Aggie's just gonna mm. come over and like nestle next to Warren. <laughs> Do I taste it as well? Does it taste like yeah. Twenty Yeah, like yeah, you can. All of your senses are there. Mm. It's a very proficient body you've been given. Cool. How do you feel, Enkidu, about it all? Physically, I feel stronger than I was. Tireless. I still feel pain. Like, I'm still lift a shirt, like, the armour, and just show where I've been cut by the robots. Like, I still bleed. My, assumedly my own blood. But I... I don't think I, um... I don't think I needed to drink any tea. I felt like I wanted to. I don't know. And how do you feel about this prime directive? Do you feel, like, compelled to do it? Or that you want to do it or like you have a choice not to do it as soon as Akira opens his mouth he starts uh, he, he stops uh, all right i won't uh, ask you about it again in sorry <sighs> he catches his breath um does what do you know if what you know now what's discussed now gets reported back to erida can she like listen in on you um, I, I think we're connected. Maybe. I mean, oh, wow. I've been codified, haven't I? She knows what I know. We met you in the codex, but that doesn't necessarily, I don't know if it auto updates or whether you have to be plugged back in or how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you have to restart your computer to see the effects. Um, but... I don't know if you're Wi-Fi enabled or, or you're just purely <laughs> landline. No, I mean, I plugged out the ethernet and did, did, did the updates manually uh, no <laughs> um well you weren't speaking to me or else i'd i'd remember that wouldn't i so um, that means I, maybe you're not linked yeah because we spoke to you and we also saw your friends and orin taps his head um they were sort of just there. information it's just knowledge the personalities maybe an echo of it was probably added to the codex but the codex is from my understanding it's just knowledge of whatever the person had up to the point they were added. Okay, so it's not necessarily feeding in to it currently. You're not. I don't know. Can you access it? Yeah. Um, Akini will sit for a bit. And then, like, he'll kind of, like, look back towards the tunnel where he came from, and, like, peer back and try to try to sense um, Erida. Just sense all, all the codex, if they're two mm. different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, make another charisma check. Uh, that's 18. Um, so it is almost like it's close to like one of those inside checks that you do mm-hmm. as you're trying to like make that connection back. And it is there. Just. Mm. You don't know whether or not you can access it to, for answers in the same way. Mm-hmm. But there is, it's almost like you can see the doorway to it. You're just not entirely sure if you can open the door. I think that's something I don't want to know today. I just whoosh, try to close off that connection. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's there. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you said that you wanted to get to Ferrisine and, and Myra. I that's think what you want to do. Yeah, she deserves a, the truth about mm-hmm. what happened to her parents. The best that um, the best okay. that I can tell it. Just so I'm clear, has Juna explained everything she's seen inside Nikudu's yeah. head to that's us? Yeah. So we're fully aware of like his, his prime directive, mm. not yeah. the prime directive, but his prime directive. Yeah. Okay. Because I can't say it, but if someone else says it, mm. yeah, yeah. 
Um, Enkidu, if you ever have anything else that you want us to know, I can always come back in for a visit. Um, Juna says that, as she says that, um, Enkidu will say, if such an occasion does arise, I'll make sure to give you my consent. And then he pours the rest of the tea over the side of the boat. Oh! <laughs> um, what do you want to do now? I'm um, go to Ferrisine and Myra or talk to them. But what do you want to do then, Enkidu? Find Geremir. If he's of, as Erida put it, within her her ranks, that means he's another one of the founding members that's somehow still alive. She told me that I should go see him, which means he's alive in some form. Just like Crow was, like Erida is, I think we'll get some answers there. And that 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 handprint you spoke about is is we're thinking another one of the mirrors. Yes, I'm yeah. thinking that was one oh. of the the place where she goes to speak to the other consortium members, or the ones that are still have their mind. That is. Oh wow! Oh, so that would link into Crow's and whoever was yeah. in the other mirrors. Yes. Well, there was there was do not trust, and then there was the smile. Yes. Yeah. And some smash two other sure. two smash mirrors. Was that right? Three smash mirrors? Three smash Three mirrors. Three smash mirrors. There were five in total, I believe. Yes. yes. Do not trust. So either they're dead or missing. I wonder if Erida was do not trust. Or a smashed one. Yeah. Maybe Crowell didn't want to speak to her anymore. I think they went their separate ways. Yeah. I think their goals misaligned. And Crowell's mind slipped. He he still had physical flesh. He's gone mad over the years of peering into the past, the future. Whereas Erida found a way to preserve her mind. Who had that? Who's got that map with the uh the heron gave us? Uh, yeah, I've got several maps. Um, oh yes, here it is, Orin. Okay, hang on. To the east, nestled among the Forlossian hills, is a note that reads: Archmagus uh, Geremir Hastan said to have wandered into the hills before disappearing entirely. Oh, I see. The first bit is what was what is that's not the bit that I would read out because that's not written on the map. No. <laughs> <laughs> Archmagus Geremir Hastan said to have wandered into the hills before disappearing entirely. Disappearing entirely. And it looks like the place where he disappeared was not Maeve. Maevai. Not yeah. Maevai. No. The Forlossian Hills are just near. Slightly north. Yeah, just near Maevai and the Crownswood. Huh, the Crownswood, of course. So just so I'm clear, guys, because we were sent to do a task, which is to infiltrate, gather information. We've got a bucket ton of information <laughs> here. Yeah. And once we get to a position where we're able to speak with Terran, we should do, right? Right? Really? I'm not sure. I think he's in weighing over his head. Who can imagine what we just saw underneath the Winthrop facility? 50,000 more automated soldiers ready to do whatever. What is he going to do with that information? Who, who supports him? What's his faction? There's so much about him we don't know. Yeah. The flip side is, isn't it better that some other people know about that? Yeah, because with respect, yeah. what who, are we going who's to our do? faction? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I, we're not equipped to take on 50,000 of those bad boys. I get that he's maybe not capable of it, but at least he's in a position of some form of influence. We, we could barely take out a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't hit back. <laughs> <laughs> it's saving throw was minus five. <laughs> and who does he tell? Who, who does he report back to? Not our problem. He Not has, our problem, Bay. But he does have other people. He has his known colleague who, yeah. who's been going around. He said that we could contact him at some point. I would really like to contact that gnome. See if we can get a different view on Heron. Yeah. Look, if you want to tell 
hearing something go right ahead but I'm not holding out a lot of faith that he's going to be able to help us I mean he only paid us 150 gold and we discovered centuries old secrets that could completely flip the power balance of Dravain itself wasn't that money just to help prepare us I th- thought he was going to pay us more for the actual information <laughs> yeah he was going to pay us it was going to be payday when we gave him like the information and we got back to him and I'm kind of keen on that money and I'm kind of keen on staying out of the way of all these 50,000 golems and wizards and whatnot. I don't know, man. This is a bit too above us, I think. Uh, Whether it's above us or not, I think we're involved now because, well, it it seems very closely tied to what's going on with Enkidu. He's got a whole new body. Enkidu, look, like, the thing is, I know you've got this this order. That's a terrible accent, Chris. Order? Order. I don't know. Order. I don't know. He's a, he's a, it's, a little it's a non- creature that it's... lives by the sea. Is that what, like a little otter? Yeah. Look, to my American friends, I've been for, I've told you that like this accent is not from America. It's from this continent. So. It's from <laughs> Forgive it's, me. It's Forgive me. It's an Alish accent. It's an Alish accent. It's an Alish accent. Yeah. You've got this order in your head and it's like telling you to do this thing, to go to this place. But like, is there no way that you cannot go to this place? Is there no way that we could, like, just take off? Like, there is nothing stopping us. I appreciate that, like, you know, heroism and all that jazz, guys. But this is, this is, this is big. This is not just, yeah. like, you know, we stumble in on this and, like, uh-oh, we're our backs against the wall. We don't have time to help anybody else out or call on anybody else. We've got somebody who is an out who can take up the mantle of this responsibility. Like, Oren, uh, back me up here. You're feeling the same, right, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, we've got other things that we can pursue if, you know, that we want to do other things. Like, there's, um, uh, we, we wanted to find out about, like, Corsticus, uh, like, Findergolf. Corsticus? Who is that? Oh, um, oh, yeah, that, uh, that all happened when you were. Uh, yes, you can say uh, I was dead. Yeah. It's okay. Um, yeah, when you were dead. That we we found out like quite a bit from the codex um, about Corsicus, who's uh, well related to Guy and maybe me, and they're missing and they're not in the cortex. Wait, so you also so want to go to Orkish to to to, to, to find like you know Gwen's Gwen's mom and things like you know changing of states and stuff isn't really like our strong suit. Yeah. I feel like I'm stating the obvious. Somebody tell me that I'm, that I'm wrong here. No, you're not wrong. And he'll stand up and he'll lean right into Guy's face. Be careful, don't fall off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> he'll lean right into Guy's face and say, look into my eyes, guys. Is there a difference from what you saw before? Do I look any different? Do I sound any different? And well, yes, you've just heard that. I somewhat died, came back in the new body, and I don't feel hungry. I don't feel tired. I have no desire to eat anything except for nostalgia everything about that has changed and at the same time nothing has changed from the very beginning I've been on this path to get my brother onto that throne the only thing that changed is that someone else has plans for that very same destination so yes I have a (coughs) and he coughs because he can't say say the word yes I have that but at the same time it's my desire as well and you got one thing wrong. You said there are things that we can do instead. 
You're free to do whatever you want, but I'm still heading in that direction. With <sighs> or without anyone here, if it comes to that. And he'll just back off and just sit back down at the other end of the boat. Uh, Enkidu, how much do you trust what Erida said to you and that it is, in fact, for the good of Dravain? <sighs> well, I trust that she didn't lie or else she would have told me a lot more. I mean, she could choose. She picked and chose what she could t- tell us. <sighs> I, I assume that there is something that threatens all of Dravain. And she has convinced herself on her faction or her ranks of people that her way is the way for the good of all. I believe there's some truth to that, but the reason why she's chosen to hide the rest of it, I'm not so sure about it. So she wants you or Gilgamesh or someone on the throne to protect against... Something else? I assume so. If you recall, there was a prophecy that we uncovered, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, flames, floods, the dead rising, titans tearing the earth asunder. Words, some words like that. And she claimed she had a, a divination wizard in her ranks. They were counting on certain certainties. What was it? Hang on, was it flames, floods, the dead rising? Yeah. Or in just slightly... <laughs> stops as he thinks about the dead rising and just sort of looks over it and Kidu keeps his thoughts to himself but it's just like <laughs> <laughs> um Enkidu I, I think you know I'd rather have someone like you Enkidu on the throne than, than anyone else I think I think and I, I trust that your belief in Gilgamesh if he is indeed you know who who they're talking about I I'm all for that but my worry is that I don't trust these Wingthrups, and what if they just need a body on the throne? Oh, that, that is entirely possible. And, and that once that happens, they'll try and take over that body? Yes. I assume that to be the case. And yet, despite that, you'd still want to go through with it? Yes. Because what else... Does being a monarch mean if you're not going to take responsibility for the people under your care? What happens if we didn't have a monarch, if we had something different? Well, we can establish that. There are people in this country that want to create something else. Um, Time and Prevost wants to change how we do things. If I'm going to, if I or Gilgamesh or whoever is going to sit any throne, they need followers. Berrien's happy to poison people and seduce and brainwash them to be his followers. But it'd be a country of dead and empty, soulless people. If we're going to change Dravain and change what it means to care after people, we need followers that share that vision. So I'm not so naive that I'm just going to walk into a throne room and they're going to accept my brother and I as their rulers. No. No, that's, that's, that's not my worry. My worry is I, I, I think I, I can see you gathering followers and being a worthy king and a great king. My concern is that the the wingthrups have other plans and just need they can they can make these robotic bodies but they can't make a body like a living body so what if they just need someone with a living body on the throne to then take although i guess you don't have a living body but i my what my worry is that 
we'll lose you at the end of this. I think even more we need to get your friends out of your head because maybe then they can have control over themselves. Your brother Gilgamesh will have the control that maybe you won't have if we can get him out. That's the first step. And whether or not the Winthrops will take over whatever is left of me, that is something I, unfortunately, I can't do anything about right now. I just have to keep going forward until the path is clear. And so far, even though it's handed to me by somebody I can't entirely trust, it's still more information than I had yesterday. So the question is, do, do we report back to Heron, which brings us back round to that? And how much do you report to him? Mm. You're going to tell him about me? Mm. I don't no. think we need to. I don't think that's the information he was trying to get. So I don't see that he needs to know that specifically. I'm on board with that. I think he might need to know that Erid is still knocking around. I think he might want to know that there's a golem army. Switch it on his head. Let's say, for example, that the Wingthrops are awful people who have done some terrible things. But what if Suppose. this is for the good of Dravain and the consortium? Uh, uh, you know, we, we have no way of knowing the right thing to do. do no, we, we really? don't. Which is the frightening thing. You know, the consortium's bad. Heron's against the consortium. And the Wingthrops are doing this. There's no way of knowing what the best course of action actually is anymore, if I'm being honest. So to clarify, the Wingthrop's plan, and he holds his hand to Enkidu, is you. I'm a piece of it, sure. But as in, like, yeah, sure. I, I, but at this point forward, they're not going to make a move. They're waiting for you to make a move, and then we will see what happens from then on. Yes. Guy sits back and crosses his arms. How did we get tangled up with all of this? Yeah. Fate, maybe. Destiny. <sighs> a badly timed conversation with a woman in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Or a conversation that was always meant to happen. I would bet my twain tide further along the line. The other three of you fit into this somehow. It has been ordained. So at the end of this river... Yep. <laughs> yep, we must be at the end of this river. David's got out for a jolly old walk. <laughs> <laughs> David, David, where are you going? And go. <laughs> Who is um, David anymore? We, we find, we find Ferrocene and Myra and Kidu, yes? Please, I would... Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the least we can do for you. Tell them... How much do we tell them? <sighs> Just tell her about her parents and give her the choice. She's a smart girl. Given what happened to her parents, does she want to do this? Or does she want to have a choice, a chance of living a different way? It's a big world out there. She doesn't have to be tied to this place, the dangers, you know? There doesn't have to be another wing throat that is codified and added to this, this madness. I don't want them to do these trials. I and mean, what's the point of sitting on a throne to save millions of people if I can't save two young girls? At least have a talk with them first. Now we're going to be, we think, leaving here into the WCI. Oh, yeah. Are they going to just let us through, Enkidu? 
or are we? do we have a battle on our hands at the other end of this? I assume they're going to be hostile. Not everyone's going to be clued up with the plan, mm-hmm. I assume. So Iota had me had made the panic and everyone attacked us. Because if everyone was of the same mind, they would have just let us walk out. And she threatened to kill all of you, not me. So it's probably best we steer clear. But we're on our way to the WCI. Well, let's let's see. Let's see. It might like come out of a cave yeah. face, right. and then we're down the. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't think it'll like pop up and suddenly there'll be like a. Yeah, we're in the we're in the, we're in the toilets. <laughs> sure. Well, right. isn't this a delivery route? This is. Yeah. These are boxes. They're going somewhere. This this whole tunnel has a purpose to get stuff from the workshop to the WCI. Well, we can't do anything yeah. else. We're on this boat. There's no other passage. We're just gonna have to. Take a breath, rest while we can. And be ready. And be ready. David, can we have taken a short break during all of this? I mean, he said it was an hour. And that was a short rest. As you all sort of settle into the boat, uh, start taking a short rest. In fact, start taking a long rest. Uh Uh, And that's where we'll end tonight's episode. Nelly. Attacking a wall in a big conversation. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode title. <laughs> you have been listening to David Knight as your dungeon master, Ben Galpin as Orin. Chris Watts as Gaius Daryl Bailey as Enkidu Grace Kelly Miller as Gwendolyn and Vicky Gaskin as Juna Original music by David Knight Please tell your friends, subscribe and follow us on all the social media Thank you for listening to No Small Roles Anon for now Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.